Day two at Gardener's World Live at the NEC in Birmingham. It is very, very warm outside. There are thousands of people streaming in, which is good to see. And they're here to come and see not just the displays, but to talk to the experts that are here for the whole of the four days. Uh, Lucy Chamberlain, Saul Walker, probably a lot of you will know them from the Talking Heads podcast. Lovely to see you again. Now, you have been busy answering questions in the floral marquee, haven't you? Yeah, we certainly have. We have been on the desk. We've also been doing these tours as well of the marquee and lots of people coming in it, it this is a great show for getting inspiration and coming to find out about gardening i think some of the other shows are very aspirational but this was a great one for practical advice so people come to ask very specific things about their gardens which is great what specific things so far have they been asking lucy what have you been telling we've them? had a, a lot of people asking about growing plants in containers that's very popular uh, has been for many many years and i think people are just latching onto that it's convenient but actually Plants in containers are reliant on you for all the water and the feed and the nurture that they can get. So it's actually quite a high maintenance way of gardening if you if you want to take that route. So that can be quite surprising for people to realise. Yeah. But then things that are non-flowering, we've had um, some quite wet weather. We had a very dry April, then a wet May. So there's lots of lush growth and things that maybe would be flowering a little bit delayed. So people are getting a bit frustrated thinking, why is my agapanthus not flowering yet or whatever it might be. So we just say apply a good dollop of patience and everything will be fine. Patience. Good dollop of patience. Yeah. When you can yeah. buy that uh, off the shelf, that would be lovely, <laughs> wouldn't it? Now, obviously, uh, it's going to be the hottest day of the year forecast so far um, and summer is coming and mm. the omens look good for summer temperature heat affects gardens what's the advice that you're giving to people who are coming and saying look my plants are wilting what do i do when's the right time to water them? how do i look after my garden in the heat yeah you you what you want is you don't want this deluge of water every so often you want to keep the moisture levels in your compost or your soil very even as you go through so you need to identify what's going on underground. So you need to be out there daily having a look. If the soil's moist, you don't need to water. But you're right, in the recent weeks, actually, we've had this little bit of a dry spell and I've noticed things like lawns getting a bit browner, some, you know, soils, pots especially, drying out a bit more. That's when you need to apply some moisture. But then on Saturday, which is tomorrow, we've got thunderstorms. So the moisture's gonna come again. So then you've, you've sort of filled that gap between the, the moisture that comes from the sky with a bit more of an artificial uh, moisture, but that, that's what you need to keep it even. Don't uh, apply it in droves. You know, don't drown your plants now and again. Just a little bit now and again, just to keep the plants going through until we get some actual rain, yeah. and, and you'll mulch, be fine. Mulch, mulch. You mulch. know, soil is yeah. uh, as strong advocate of mulching as am I. And also rainfall capture. What falls from the sky on Saturday? For goodness' sake, make sure your gutters and your downpipes and your water butts are there, ready to capture that. Because believe you me, if you get a thunderstorm and you have 10 minutes of deluge of rain. You can fill up litres and litres and litres of your water. Well, that will, that will then keep you going with wonderful free water for the next few weeks, months ahead. Mm. What else should people be doing in their gardens over this, this summer period? Because obviously the, the sun comes out and people who aren't perhaps natural gardeners, I put my hand up here, <laughs> will be thinking, oh, time to cut the grass and time to do a bit of making it look nice. What should people be doing for their, their gardens this summer? Do you know, in all honesty, what I would say at this time of year, because everything can be quite overwhelming, so just from a, a mental point of view, don't feel like you are overwhelmed and that things are running away from you. Just step back and maybe do a little job every evening. We've got the lovely long summer nights, so you can be out there yeah. after tea, glass of wine in your hand, g and whatever it might be, and do a little bit of weeding, you know, just little bits 
all the time means that the garden won't run away from you. But this time of year, especially with all this wet rain that we've had, I say everything is just romping away. So just don't feel overwhelmed. That would be my top tip, actually. And, you know, in June, this is the crescendo of the gardening year. Everything is flat. This is actually the time to enjoy your garden. You know, don't feel like this has to be the time we have to get all the work in. You know, as a head, we're both head gardeners. We both have large gardens. We do a lot of our work outside of the, the, the peak season. That's when the work we put in is then reflected now into that crescendo. So don't feel like you have to go out, just go out and enjoy. Like you say, G&T in hand, enjoy your garden. Now, you see, there's a theme here because many of the gardeners that I've spoken to all say, do this and this and then enjoy it with a glass of wine or a G&T or whatever. And it, it's coming back to much more of a focus on the garden as a social space, yeah. isn't it? You, and maybe the pandemic did that to us when people said, oh, I'm trapped indoors, I've got a garden, and now mm. I'll think about using it. Have you, have you come across that? So just this morning, on the end of one of my plant tours, someone got their phone out and showed me the garden that they've created over the pandemic. It's amazing what a bit of spare time on your hands <laughs> can do. None gardeners becoming exceptional gardeners. It looked beautiful, and they said they just wanted a space where they could enjoy the evenings. They've come to appreciate being at home or being in the garden. So I think you're absolutely spot on. People are seeing the garden more as a place that they can hang out, get friends over, rather than having to go a distance to go and see things. Now, I think that's going to become more and more important yeah. to people, the gardening spaces. So it's really nice to see none... This is the one thing I think we've both noticed over the last three years, is none gardeners entering the space and actually getting a real feel and a love for it. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. the pandemic introduced about three million new gardeners to the country because people were stuck and they needed something to do. And actually, gardening as a therapy and a way to put your energy into something productive and beautiful and, and you know like edible when you're growing your own food it's such a rewarding thing to do so yeah I definitely echo that there's people that within a year or so have turned their garden around from a quite a barren space to this most lush wonderful beautiful area there's a garden here at the show it's the Nexus Garden and, and I take we're doing these tours first thing in the morning Saul and I and I always take my uh, little tour into this garden because it's so tranquil the show is lovely and buzzy and vibrant and energetic but if you just need a little bit of downtime i take them to this area and it's got japanese maples it's got tree ferns it's got a lovely zen vibe there's another music playing there's bird song and literally you can feel your heart rate coming down you know and it's just that stillness and that calmness and i think people are really realizing that your garden as that kind of space something that can really tap into your emotions is so important it has been mentioned a lot over the pandemic about the, the um, uh, positive nature of gardens in terms of people's mental health. And, and I was particularly struck by something I read about somebody who had a, lived in an inner city area and only had a small space and yeah. looked enviously at some of the gardens that they would see on Chelsea Flower Show or maybe here at Gardeners World Live. But it inspired them to use their space creatively and, and effectively. And, and that can be quite something. You, you, don't, you don't have to, I mean, you're both head gardeners with acres yeah, yeah. and acres and acres, but you can use small spaces really well, can't you? What's amazing is with a very careful choice of plants and good design, even a small space can be made to feel quite large. It's almost like you're taking a diorama of nature and putting it into a small space and you can sit there and you can feel like you're in a wider, big open space or in a forest. What I love is I grow all these exotics and I love to feel like I've gone to Madeira or some tropical country when I'm sitting among my bananas and things. And I don't feel like I'm in the middle of the UK and I've got a <laughs> nine to five job. I just feel like, oh, I've gone on holiday for a few minutes you know, in the evening. It's, it, it really, it evokes feelings. Like you yeah. said, it absolutely brings you in more in contact with nature and your own emotional state so yeah. 
gardening's more than just the technicalities and the science. It also has it's an innate human thing to be in that natural space. Also, you can tap into your other senses, such as scent, but also for me as a grow-your-own-absolute fan, edible plants. You know, there's, there's a lovely garden here by Garden Organic that's been designed as a small space growing area. And I, again, on my tour, I talk to people about that because if you've got a small area, a balcony, a flat or courtyard, whatever it might be, don't be disheartened by that. There's so many crops that you can grow in a small space. Think about the wall space. You know, vertical growing, you know, you can get vertical growing systems now for veg. You can grow climbing beans. You can fan train out things like cherries, gooseberries, nectarines, peaches, all in a tiny, tiny garden and have an abundance of food because of it. So I, I do, I've had small gardens in the past and my garden at home now isn't huge. And it does make you think outside, you know, those things you've got to think I've got this tiny space what can I grow in it that's really productive really beautiful and it just challenges you but rise to that challenge it's suddenly it's such a satisfying thing to be doing it's come a long way since I did cress on <laughs> cotton wool on my windowsill yeah. and it, it made me think yesterday because I, I'm just watching the number of young people yeah. that are again here at this show are possibly new to gardening again because of as a result of the pandemic but they are keen and their focus is is different to those of us of an older generation. They're, they're sustainability. They're about you know the pollinators, isn't it? I mean, are you seeing that coming through as well? Sure. It's just nice to see the young people. I've got to say, me and Lucy have been doing this about 20, 25 years. And tours 20 years ago, there was an older demographic who were visiting things like the NGS scheme, like garden visits. Actually, the last five, maybe five, ten years, definitely the the age ranges have fluctuated. You, just, you still get uh, the older dynamic who. Have been gardening for years but now lots of younger people filtering in it's it's really nice to chat to someone about something they never thought about and you just get this feeling you see it in their eyes they suddenly realize or there's a twinkle oh, I, can, I can do that i can try that out that's something i haven't thought about and that's really nice with young people they suddenly realize that there's this whole world of gardening that they can access that is going to bring them so much joy it's, it's really nice to see it's that light bulb moment you yeah. know, and like you say, you can see that recognition in their eyes. Like, oh my God, I can do that. That's incredible. And we are finding, I think, with that younger audience, they're so much more tuned in to the environment, resources. Uh, you know, they haven't got big budgets, for example, as well. So we're thinking about upcycling, recycling things. They want to be organic gardeners. You know, maybe we have to kind of like educate them in how they can do that. And I do think sometimes it's portrayed as an ideal thing and... There are concepts that are put forward that actually, as experienced growers, we know sometimes they cannot be so successful. And so we just need to let people realise, yeah, you're doing the right thing, but don't be disheartened if it fails the first time. Just tweak things here and there. And yeah, you know, use or, or companion planting, um, distraction plants, barriers, all those sorts of things to keep problems at bay. And, and you can be so successful doing that. Um, I was struck by how many new plants there are here uh, this year. Hilly is one of the partners of brought some 40-odd plants or more, uh, mm. including um, uh, one I, I had yesterday, Neil Gow, brought in the um, sweet pea, Peter Seabrook. Yes. Um, yeah. Which has got the long stem, and, and it's, it's stunning. It's beautiful to look at. It's a very mild scent, but there are lots of new things coming in all the time. What have you seen so far, or what are the things that you're aware of that are uh, bringing that lovely phrase twinkle back to your eyes well do, do you know um the rate it's not so much a single plant it's the range of plants i gotta say um there used to be uh 
there used to be a lot of herbaceous, the sort of the cottage gardens. But I've got to say, people actually access. Like I say, I grow these exotic. I live in the banana belt of the, the UK, down in the, the banana belt. Yeah, the banana <laughs> belt. We can get away with these things. But people are accessing these different ranges of plants in other places. And what's nice to see is that I think the industry is catching on. That people want different styles of gardens, and if they got smaller spaces, they want different types of plants. House plants is having a huge boom at the moment, mm. but also grow your own. What's nice is we used to have one trend. It might be irises for one year or it might be lilies for one year. Now it just seems to be going in all directions. So there's new plants coming from everywhere. And what's nice is we're getting very individual breeders that are bringing out new little interesting bits. It used to be the big commercial um, powerhouses, the big nurseries that would introduce stuff. Now we're getting different things for different people. So it's actually, it's a really exciting time to be a plant person. You know, I'm, I've always been plants, maybe more than gardens. I just love plants. So actually being able to see something different from different genre of plants is very exciting. I couldn't really nail it, but it's just nice to see lots of new stuff rather than just one trend or two yeah. trends. What about that lovely black petunia that we saw? Because oh, wow. we're so lucky that we get to assess the floral marquee. And within that, there was new plant introductions. We had to look at all the new plants that have been presented to the show this year and there were some fantastic things and there was a, a black because sometimes plants get called black yeah this and is then black. they're not but this is actually proper mm. jet black petunia it's like velvet it's incredible so that really caught your eye and yeah. my eye too the peter seabrook sweet pea uh we're both uh we interviewed peter on the podcast uh, a while back and we're so sad at the loss of peter but he you know was a fantastic um advocate of encouraging people to bring in new plants encouraging the, his relationship with the trade and getting people in the trade like he got his floral fantasia at rhs high tour which basically was a garden to showcase new introductions and i think it's again through the work of people like him saying to the trades come on get these new plants on the shelves let the, the public see them let them vote with their feet and buy these things from you that's you know thanks to people like him we, we get some lovely introductions there's a pollen free Lily that was introduced. I think they've been, been on been, the market yeah, a little bit soon, the last yeah. few years, but there were some that were new, some varieties new to the show today, and there was one that was like a, a double one. It was like a lily inside a lily inside another lily, and because they pollen free, it means that florists don't have to worry about taking off the stamens because normally they can be quite staining and, and cause marks on the carpet, and they're actually also uh, toxic to cats, for example. So that was quite a nice introduction I noticed. Mm. But yeah, I think just that as you as you say. Uh, any new introduction coming through is just so exciting for gardeners to see. Mm. You mentioned houseplants, uh, which has been a lot of talk about, uh, hasn't there, recently. And I, I guess every student accommodation years ago, certainly when I was a student, used to have a, a spider plant in the corner or something, didn't you, which just went, went everywhere. What are the, the really big-hitting uh, new houseplants that are... Big, big leaves. Big yeah. leaves. Okay. People love it. If you go on Instagram, you will just see people by side big leaves. The funny thing, it's funny how you say it's got, got very popular all of a sudden. I've been growing uh, Swiss cheese plants monstera deliciosa for 25 years back when they were very they were very well they were they were really out of fashion <laughs> now it's 10 foot i put it on the social media it blow it's the most viral thing i put on wow. people love seeing it and i could just think 20 years ago it's seen as an old uh, you know an old plant that you would just see in the corner so i think yeah big leaves and what's going back to new plants this sort of um uh, trend in houseplants has brought in some amazing colour morphs, these variegations, all different types of plants. Some plants that you would never have seen in this country if it hadn't got popular. So what's really nice is, and I'm hoping this will happen with gardening in general, these new three million people that are coming through in this 
interesting garden is going to push people to bring new plants in and introduce them to the market. So as a seasoned gardener, it's actually quite exciting for us who see probably seen so many plants come through that we're actually starting to see things that are actually starting to get us excited as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, go on, Liz. No, I was just going to say, um, so plants like philodendrons, colocasias. Now yeah. they are a wonderful plant that you, if you've got a, a, a courtyard garden or a small balcony, you can actually have them outdoors in the summer and they are this wonderful, huge, big, massive like jungle style leaf but then they are tender so or most of them are so you want to bring them inside for the winter months and so i think people who are buying house plants maybe are doubling up on their use you know outside for the summer inside for the winter but also you see people with balcony gardens and small flats as you say that are just smothering their whole area in succulents cacti climbers like philodendron all those sorts of things it's so lovely to see that next generation of people coming through they might not have a garden at all but they're still desperate and so keen to grow plants it's wonderful to see it's always a pleasure to see both of you here and I love the, um, the podcast as well. Everybody go and listen to uh, the podcast, which is fantastic. And um, just finally, you're both head gardeners, both highly experienced, <laughs> proper, proper posh top jobs. What are your gardens like at home? Are they perfect show gardens? No. Oh, Lucy's cringing now. <laughs> and, no, it is, it's interesting. And this is not just us. Many head gardeners have the same thing. Because we don't have much time. I'll say that one thing. I'm a plant collector. So I've never described my garden as a garden. If you come to mine, you're going to see a lot of plants, but you're not going to see much in the way of garden design. (laughs) So I've got something like 350 pots full of all weird and wonderful things because I love collecting plants. My garden is the one I work in. That's the one that looks like a garden. So, yeah, for me, it's... And I'm sure you're going to say the same thing, and people I meet, we don't have much time, so we try and throw a bit into our garden, but... Uh, it's the passion. It's the passion for what we grow that I think is more important to us at home than actually trying to get the garden looking spectacular. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm a, a massive fan of growing your own fruit. My mum and dad were smallholders. Uh, I trained in, uh, in commercial horticulture and then I've gone on to write loads of articles and, and, and a couple of books on that topic. That is absolutely my passion. So you can imagine my garden at home is literally like a miniature kitchen garden. I've taken inspiration from the kitchen garden at East Dunnerland Hall and I've positioned my plant in exactly the same way as they have at the hall. And there's other design principles that I've echoed at home. It's working really well. So my project at the moment, my passion, is to put the right edible plant in the right place. And it does really, really work. I've got an event coming up soon. So actually my garden, I'm polishing it and buffing it up like crazy. I've been out there all these summer evenings on my hands and knees. I'm desperate to get home so I can actually get back to watering. I hope my husband, have you been watering the garden properly? Please, I hope you have. So ours at the moment is, I love it. I get so much produce from my garden. I have designed it. We've got a lovely cedar greenhouse in there. Um, I wrote some articles for Gardeners World magazine actually earlier this year about how to design an edible plot. Um, and so that's my real passion and that's exactly what my garden demonstrates at home. Fantastic, lovely insight into what goes on in your gardens. Uh, As I say, a pleasure to catch up with you both. Uh, This is going to be a busy day today. Another two days to go after this. Mm -hmm. There we go. (laughs) It's it's tiring answering questions, isn't it? Uh, But as always, a real pleasure. It's all Lucy, many thanks. Thank Thank you so much for having us.